The worst case scenario would finally play out about three days later. A body was found in a bush about seven miles from where the car had been found. It should go without saying that the body was quickly confirmed to be Elsie. The problem with this was that the coroner could find no cause of death. Elsie Walker was a bright young woman who was just 17 years old at the time of this case. She'd been living in New Zealand, having grown up in a small town there. At one point during her teenage years, her family decided that it would be best if she moved in with her aunt, Constance Bailey. This was after she decided to begin working as a live-in housemaid, and for lack of a better word, essentially a servant. After moving in with her family, Elsie realized straight away that she did not fit in. Her aunt and cousins didn't treat her like family whatsoever. In fact, they treated her like some sort of second-rate citizen or even a family pet. Her beliefs and ideas were never valued, to put it nicely, and she was always being put down by her family. To make matters worse, her aunt didn't even allow her to sleep in one of the ordinary bedrooms in the home. Instead, she was offered to stay in an enclosed porch. The porch was so small that it only had enough room for one small bed and a dresser, nothing else. We don't really know if Elsie gave much pushback to the way that her family treated her, but it seems like if she did, she had no choice but to just go along with it. She would spend most of her days doing all sorts of grueling tasks for the family, taking care of all of the chores and daily errands, while also doing her best to help raise the Bailey's three-year-old child when the family went about their daily doings. It almost seems as though her family was ashamed of her, as she was often forbidden from attending social gatherings and she was told she could never date any of the boys in town. When she would go to attend dances or balls, her family wouldn't even allow her to dance, neither alone nor with someone else. She was forced to be a recluse and repeatedly rejected anyone who made any advances towards her at the request of her family. On top of this, her cousins also refused to let her have any sort of freedom whatsoever, and it's reported that they treated her like a slave. They would ask her to do the most meaningless tasks for them, and expected her to wait on them every second of the day, and they would get angry if she didn't. Thus, Elsie was condemned to live a quiet life, alone in a crowded room. On September 29th, 1928, Elsie was found by Constance in a daze. Constance claims that Elsie had knocked her head on a windowsill a couple days before while she was cleaning. She said that from that point on, Elsie had been acting very strangely. When Constance found her on this particular occasion, she asked Elsie what was going on, and Elsie explained that she'd been cleaning the china cabinet. However, she'd not moved in seemingly hours and was just staring blankly into the room. Upon closer inspection, Constance also found that the china cabinet hadn't been touched in several days. At this point, Constance decided that Elsie needed to just move on with her chores and asked her to take care of washing the clothes. Elsie agreed to this, but still, she just stood there, blank-faced and motionless. That very same night, a relative came to visit the Bailey family from the city of Auckland. Elsie had always wanted to visit Auckland and was doing her best to make plans to move there, but life continually beat her down. The relative shared all sorts of stories from the city, and Elsie grew so upset by this that she fled from the family's home, stole their car, and drove away in the middle of the night. Constance realized this the following morning on October 1st, and both Elsie and the car were reported missing on October 2nd. By October 3rd, the family car had been found. 
a woman in South Auckland had reported finding the car abandoned on the side of the road. When police arrived, they confirmed that this was in fact the Bailey's car. The problem with this was that Elsie was nowhere to be found. To make matters even worse, police found out that one of the tires on the car had been changed within the last 24 hours. This may not really seem like a big deal on the surface, but police were left wondering how such a small young girl would have been able to change a tire on the side of the road. On top of this, Elsie had no idea how to drive. Keep in mind, this was long before the days of television and movies, so Elsie wouldn't have been able to pick up the skill by watching television or anything of the sort. This was also long before automatic transmissions became the norm, and push-button starts did not exist yet. Vehicles back then were very difficult to handle, so no one knows how Elsie managed to make it nearly 200 miles away without having any prior knowledge of how to drive a vehicle. The worst case scenario would finally play out about three days later. A body was found in a bush about seven miles from where the car had been found. It should go without saying that the body was quickly confirmed to be Elsie. The problem with this was that the coroner could find no cause of death. However, she did notice that Elsie's skull was fractured. I know you're probably thinking that this likely happened when she hit her head on the windowsill, but the coroner said that a blow like this would have caused her to fall unconscious immediately, not days later. While I'm sure stranger medical anomalies have happened, the coroner seems to have been very adamant that there was no way this blow could have taken place in the days leading up to her disappearance. This means that if the blow to her head took place afterward, then someone had likely taken her life. However, the coroner couldn't even confirm that this would have caused her to pass away, as there was no noticeable trauma to her brain. There was no swelling, no bleeding, or anything abnormal whatsoever. Still, her cause of death could not be determined as either a homicide or an accident. Though there was a bigger issue here. The coroner confirmed that her body had been in the bush for at least three days. So how did she manage to make it so far away from the family's vehicle in such a short amount of time? We're talking about a matter of just a couple hours here. The case would soon take a dramatic turn when male DNA was found inside of her underwear. Immediately, the attention was turned to her cousins. In particular, the police were interested in her oldest cousin, Bill. Bill obviously denied having any sort of relationship with Elsie, but witnesses reported seeing him on a train near where her body was found on the day of her demise. Bill was married at the time and was known to have been living in Auckland, the same city that Elsie was headed toward. So it wouldn't be too much to assume that the two could have crossed paths at some point during Elsie's visit. Another credible witness sighting placed Elsie just 1.5 miles from where her body would eventually be found, just a few hours before coroners believed that she passed away. However, the problem with this sighting was that Elsie was confirmed to have been traveling alone at the time. Bill would have been nowhere in sight. The case would take yet another dark turn just six years later. Bill was accused and convicted of claiming the lives of his neighbors. This caused many people to look back on his involvement with Elsie, wondering if he could have actually claimed her life as well. This was obviously never proven, but the answer to me seems pretty clear here. This also has led some people to question whether or not Elsie smacking her head on the windowsill was actually an accident, or if someone had assaulted her that day. The truth is, after all this time, it's pretty clear that Elsie's case will forever remain an unsolved mystery. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But 
I've been Ty Knott. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.